welcome back to Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast. My name is Julian Guderlei and today's show is a recording from an interview I actually gave for a podcast called Re-Evolutionary Podcast with Kevin, um, one of the great superheroes from the Superhero Academy tribe and the mastermind I went to earlier this year in the jungle in February out in Costa Rica. Big shout out to all the superheroes and uh, people promoting, cultivating, activating, galactivating freedom culture and really um, dedicating their lives, their missions, their voices to empowering and encouraging all individuals to express their unique gifts to the world. Uh, this episode is a continuation of kind of multiple trains of thoughts. We're also going a little bit into my background story and um, my kind of origin story of like how I got to be the person I am and what makes me tick or what are like these internal lines, mantras or lifesavers or um, stories that, that help me stay in a mindset of uh, abundance, of positivity and yeah, of, of tolerance with the world that uh, I am walking through, living and creating into. So I hope you're going to enjoy this interview with Kevin from the Re-Evolutionary Podcast. Uh, tune in and I will catch you after the show. Yeah, Julian, to kick us off, man, let's let's uh, let's go straight into high frequency here. What are you most grateful for right now in this moment? Right now, right this moment, I am actually super grateful for my health. I was at the dentist this morning and I just really love how everything always works out and everything is actually totally doable. And there's always a next step as long as we don't kind of overcomplicate it. That's what I truly feel in my heart right now, simply because I just... Uh, went there this morning um, yeah yeah and your teeth your teeth look good so you're, you're doing <laughs> something right bro you're doing something right yeah I, I can piggyback on that what i'm most grateful for is my physical health as well um right before this i went and charged to the beach did some breath work caught a couple waves body surf i don't i don't surf with a board but yeah and like the best brother body surfing is like the true the true feeling of like the ocean's kind of current that's building up Oh yeah. I love body surfing. It's somehow not as popular, but it's like totally uh, resonates with me as like my, num my number one sport in the water because it, it just is so exhilarating. Even if you just make like five to 10 meters, you're like, Oh my God, I am the way. Right. Right. No, I, I love it. I get I get such a rush when I, I'm just in the ocean and I'm charged because I just like breath of fire or like did a little yoga set or some kind of movement set. And then, yeah, it's just, I just feel so healthy. Like, I, I can't only know how to explain it. I just feel so healthy when I'm in nature and in the water. So, yeah, praise be. Um, yeah, so Julian, like, we have so many things we can talk about. But I, I always like to start with maybe a five-minute riff on your story and how you got from wherever you came from to the man I know now, which is a little bit of backstory here. I met Julian earlier this year in Costa Rica. He was part of the superhero Academy Mastermind. Are you noticing a theme yet? The most epic people I've met are all from this. So you should probably come here in a few months when it comes up in February. But uh, yeah, the way I experienced you the first time, Julian, was like you were like a digital media marketing like gangster. And you just had such interesting ideas about how to spread powerful community and tribes and messages online. And I certainly knew, even in that brief conversation, I remember we first had up in the media room, that we would be working together, playing together. So from that, like maybe walk me through a little bit of how 
your journey is gone. You know, the condensed sure. version. Sure. Like, let me let me start at the beginning. Um, well, I grew up in, in Germany, actually. I made my first steps kind of across the world uh, when I was 15. And that's really how like a lot of like deliberate creation really started for me. I, I grew up in like a very, I'd say like protected, loving environment. My family was like truly like in the heart with like best intentions. Um, and even though it's don't always work out, but at least like you can feel the glue. The glue is love. Um, but my, my own like deliberate creation really started when as a 13, 14 year old, we had a, an exchange student in our house at home. And I was like, holy, holy, like, holy smoke, I, I want to see the world. And as a 14 year old, I voiced it to my parents and they um, supported me. So I uh, went abroad to Paraguay in South America and stayed there for a year in a host family. And it, it relates to so many things that we're kind of already starting to, to, to weave in here because at first you can possibly only imagine how that changed my look at the world like growing up in a country like Germany where everything is like meticulously organized and expectations are really high people are um, certainly also like in the heart space but it's very much a mind species um, actually the language itself is just such a, a brainiac language and so here it was on the other side of the world realizing like back then that was before Facebook that was in 2003 just when Facebook had founded it was like before Skype for sure, all I had was email every now and then. I had to go to an internet cafe. So I was sitting at home with like a world map in my lap. And I was like, oh, wow, I was here yesterday or like last week or like last month. And now I'm down here. This is incredible. Like I'm literally living my dream. <laughs> yes. For me, this is how everything kind of started rolling. Because I realized, okay, if I put my energy towards something, if I choose it, if I want it, if I desire it, and if I communicate that, um, dreams are absolutely possible. And from there, I basically never stopped. I obviously went, went back to Germany for, for a little while, finished school, went to university. Um, but again, tried, tried another year abroad, went to Italy for a while, learned Italian, kind of found my own like way to hack my brain and which is through languages because languages really enable you to, um, to do a couple things. I, I feel for one languages enabled me to like, break my ego apart every time I would learn a new language because you're starting at zero. Like if you're, right. you're in, in this kind of body and you're in South America and everyone stares at you and it's like, who are you? Where are you from? And you're trying to articulate yourself. It is, it's quite hilarious actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of how my journey started accelerating actually is through more and more intercultural exchanges. Um, not all of them were a year long or six months long. Some of them were just like two to four weeks. But I learned that there is like a uniqueness with every tribe you connect with, with every community you go into. And I learned, and we can dive a lot deeper into that, but I really learned that at the core of our human communities, we all kind of tick alike. And we all are looking for very similar things that um, connect us back to actually the heart space, which, which is for one, being seen, right? It, 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 but it's, it's much more than just being seen. It's to to kind of recognize each other as a reflection of our true self. And maybe not on the like surface layer, this is quite obvious, but the more different cultures and countries and continents I, I moved through and lived in and like um, kind of spread my, my magic and I realized like, wow, humans are so much more alike than we are uh, different. And uh, one of my mantras, it's really basic, <laughs> but one of my mantras became, it's not right, it's, it's not wrong, it's just different. And I would say that really set me up for, for quite, quite the unique journey because very often um, I find, including my like teenager or like in my younger 20s self, 
we're really concerned about like being right and not being wrong. And what I realized with this mantra of like, hey, this is not right or wrong. It's just, first of all, it's just different. What I realized is we can't really build tribe or a community um, or step into our own purpose if we're judging the external world as right or wrong. But then at the same time, I realized we can't really stop judging the external world because to a degree, this is obviously super helpful for our brains to say like, oh, over there, don't go there. This is good, dangerous, or this person you really want to talk to or, or however uh, the labels and judgments in, in your mind look like. So I kind of went onto that path um, of mindfulness and meditation and, and the, the inside world because I realized the only way to end up master the judgment that automatically happens in my mind is to truly understand myself first and my connection to, to what's going on when my eyes are closed and shut. So, however, this never really stopped. Like I, I after Paraguay, Italy, been to all bunch of countries around the world for like a shorter stay, I actually um, permanently moved to Canada about seven years ago um, and have since then made it further and further west and spend most of my time during the year in, in Victoria on Vancouver Island in a very like beautiful community, extremely exposed to nature. And that's kind of where I found another core pillar for my being um, to arrive in this like authentic presence that, that yeah, I call myself, I call it called Julian, which is nature, which is this infinite feedback loop that nature kind of enables us and empowers us with. And that's really, I think, when my journey started to become supercharged is when I realized how powerful it is to spend several hours a day, multiple days a week in, in the forest to, to just listen to the world around us to kind of, you know, the way I would express it is to go beyond what your own mind is saying to really understand that you're part of the one and um, both humans as well as any other part of nature are kind of a reflection on that. Wow, so so much there, man. Thank you for sharing. It's really beautiful. The the world travel um, experience seems to be, without fail, the fastest way to transformation. I think even above and beyond plant medicine, which I think might come strongly in second, right? It can reorient your reality. And uh, I think Terence McKenna said this. He's one of my my gurus. Um, the strongest psychedelic is travel, and it's just like oh. backpacking being in another culture, being in that ego destruction of, oh shit, I don't know the language and I look like an idiot and I stand out like a sore thumb, you know? And everyone so, can see me, exactly. Everyone can right. see me and witnesses me being that idiot. So you have right. two choices. Either you, you isolate yourself even more or you break free and open, right? And you basically just admit that you're a little bit lost and you admit that you need help and you admit that your your only way forward is kind of connected to learning and um, right for me like travel i think is by far number one i love how you're how you're comparing it um with plant medicine i think plant medicine certainly has its power it's certainly not meant for everyone out there um i think travel on on the contrary is kind of made for everyone even if it just means yes. traveling out of your home town your home city your home state into what's next door um, but changing your perspective and then truly realizing like how does my mindset, how does my opinion look like when I'm looking at it from over here? When I'm looking at it from over here, wow, everything I stand for and embody over here looks entirely different. And I actually have to admit that I'm not right or wrong from there either. I'm just different. Right, right. And this, I love that mantra. Like, 
when you make something right or wrong that's different than you, you just create more separation, like you said, more isolation, more boundaries to intimacy and community building and tribe building, which you nailed it. And I think this is true, not only of different cultures worldwide, but also true of the genders and the sexes, if you want to think about that, and true of like classes, right? So like Bill Gates and the, and the homeless person, all three of those categories are much more alike than they are different. And that's very apparent when you go back to sensory direct experience, life processes, eating together, sharing a meal, walking in the forest, breathing, you know, like it's so obvious that we're, we're part of the one to use your term. I, I love that. Like th this is, this is at the core of what is wrong with the world. If there's anything, I don't think anything's wrong with the world. I think it's actually functioning perfectly. It's just we're in a time this is of as it should be. It's, it's just very, very hard, I guess, for me or any other human being to understand the fullness of cause and effect from our yes. human perspective, right? But I think there's nothing wrong with the world. There's just a lot happening. Yeah. So <laughs> we, get to, we get to kind of play with it and stand up for values and stand up for ourselves and for, for our brothers and sisters. I think one, one other line that really shaped, shaped myself, and I think <laughs> I might have actually heard it in like a, um, a rap and poetry song the first time, which is, how are you supposed to have a worldview without viewing the world first? Ah. And that really struck me as well, because it's, it's like, how am I able to understand or judge anyone or anything without actually going and exposing myself out of my like comfortable zone of judgment? Right. That's, that's huge. Like if you've never left your hometown, anyone watching this now or later, love you. And if you've never left your hometown, like literally, and you are making these grandiose opinions about the way the world should be and how politics with the US or Europe or et cetera should go. Like, it, it's kind of comical, right? Like you just, you just have to like kind of laugh at that because you just nailed it. Like until you've experienced even a little bit of the world, even if it's you're in your own country, um, it, it's really hard to make sweeping generalizations and be very informed. And I'm not saying everyone should go backpacking right now. Like maybe it's not in the cards for you and you are dedicated to another path. But I guess this is that moment, this is that plug. And Julian, you just beautifully described it. Um, if you haven't traveled, no matter what age you are, whether you're a high school student or you just retired, go travel. Like you owe it to yourself. It is, it, for me, like leaving um, Texas and driving across the United States to move to California was already radical. And then, traveling through Southeast Asia, India, Nepal, like that, that was the most invaluable quantum leap experience I've had. And I'm still riding the momentum, you know? And, and since then I've been other places. I, I really see this as a, an imperative, especially to, to switch and pivot here into the next thing I wanna ask you, especially if you're looking for a tribe or community, because sometimes that community or tribe may not be right in front of you. It may not be in your immediate surroundings. It may not be the shopkeeper, the students, the coworkers, et cetera, that you're finding in your immediate environment. And this is where the beautiful power of the internet and digital media and these, and these platforms come in paired with travel, I would say, to really find the five people that you spend the most time with as the inner circle. And then you have concentric circles of people outside of that. I want to invoke um, 
little plug also for for superhero and international tribe design mystic misfit a lot of the the brands and events i've been to dunbar's number it can't be overstated 150 to 200 human beings is the optimal size of a tribe where you can maintain meaningful emotional connections with every member of that tribe and so I'm, i'm curious of your take on that julian and how that informs what you've been up to now because I know you're part of several digital media platforms and you are building your own tribe. And I'm glad to be in that with you. Yeah. Thanks brother. I I think, let me like backtrack just a a tiny bit. Like I really like to go like on that uh, 30,000 feet kind of level. When I look at the word community, right? Like it's pretty obvious it's communication and unity. And at least that's, that's one of the ways to kind of break the word apart. And I think communication is really like, what's always like connected me to the world. I just mentioned about like learning different languages and like if it's Spanish, Portuguese or Italian, obviously my mother tongue, German or English that we're having this dialogue in. It's, it has a lot to do, not just with the languages we speak, but with the way we express our authentic desire, the way we express our authentic um, stance on, on, stand on values, right? Like the way we reflect on the world and the way we then communicate it outward. I think has a lot to do with how people are able to connect with us and actually are able to either be our like inner micro circle of five. Um, let me extend that to eight, by the way, and I'll mention why in a second. But sure. I think communication is really like one of the pathways to self-mastery. The way your internal voice is going on over and over about things that, that are hard for you, that are difficult for you, that, that, that you love, that you want more of. Is, is kind of Q1, right? But then the way you communicate with other people and kind of, for the sake of a better word, you get what you want from other people. It highly has to do with the way you communicate. And not just getting what you want for the sake of getting and taking, but getting what you want for the st- sake of like understanding each other. And I think communication is, is a huge part of community because a community, a tribe, like a, a group of 150 to 200 people that Dunbar's number, um, which I totally am in agreement with and have experienced it over and over um, and, and, and love being exposed to that as well, I think is also a community that has a similar way of communicating or at least like a, like a, a, a round way of communicating where there are different polarities and as like all the polarities connect, you like form that circle. And then the point of unity of like that community aspect, I, I guess the way I, I would see that is like if you're in a community of 150 people, like, no joke, this is a total reflection of what's going on in your inside world. Yes. Remember when we were in Costa Rica, we were at the permaculture farm first, even before Envision, and we were about 110 people there, 120 maybe, and everything was just sped up synchronicity. Like, I'm experiencing synchronicity no matter where I am in the world and no matter what's going on in my life, everything feels very synchronous. But what we lived on that land there for this, this brief week was incredible. You had a thought and the other person shows up and you're like, what? Okay, well, thanks for mentioning this. I was literally just thinking about that. So the element of unity, when you're actually admitting and acknowledging and accepting people to be a tribe, will instantly be there, will instantly be present for you. And yes. that really, I think, is the power of community. That's the power of community also for 7 billion human beings on this planet. We're not quite at that stage where we all feel unity with each other, but there is an, an instant reflection of, of that possible. And I don't know where that's taken us, but that's kind of my first step into community. I, I'm not this, sure if I 
question. This takes me to, to some of my favorite thinkers to name drop some more here. Um, it's because I want you to like me more and have more rapport with you, clearly. And uh, people over on Facebook, um, we can't see your comments in the moment, but we'd love to hear later where you're tuning in from and what you're resonating with this, this subject. And please share the video and tag someone right now if you want to build a digital community live in real time with us. Um, two of my favorite thinkers, Buckminster Fuller and Marshall McLuhan. Yeah, straight up. Of course. And Marshall McLuhan brings in the idea of the global village. And he saw the importance of print media going all the way back to the Gutenberg Bible and the first print press, all the way to global digital media, which is what we have now at a high level. Even though Facebook Lives don't work every time, LOL, like we still can transmit high quality audiovisual worldwide right now. Like someone in Antarctica at a research station could be watching this. Is, this is incredible. The, the amount of progress we've made through technology, but we could also say on a human interaction or community uh, tribe building level, is, it's, it's beyond anything we might have even dared to imagine 20 years ago. And the funny part about life is that everything is incremental, right? It's, it's, an, it's a continuous continuation. You wake up every day, you brush your teeth every day, you drink three liters of water every day. These are things you do every day a little bit. But if you look back 20 years ago, how we built community online, it was fundamentally different. I mean, 20 years ago, online community didn't exist. But right. 20 years ago, too, like no, no one who's listening right now would have rented out their apartment to a random stranger. Now you just right. throw your apartment on Airbnb and you're like, yeah, of course I trust that person. They have 20 reviews. Easy. Right? Same uh -huh. with Twitter. Who, who out there is a, in, a woman in her 20s, 30s, or 40s would have hopped at like 2 a.m. in a random guy's car? No one. And now this has like been made possible because we have a way to, in a very rudimentary way, but we have a way to start understanding how other people are wired in similarities. We're starting to see the overlays that actually help us to create trust. And I think that's really where I want to take this conversation with you also in like community and online tribe is it has a lot to do with being able to communicate. It has a lot to do with seeing other people as your reflection in oneness. And I think it also has a lot to do with learning to trust ever so more. And when you're learning to trust others, again, it starts with yourself. Like, how are you even able to trust anyone if you're not in a trust, trusting relationship with that voice that's in here, right? Yes. I don't know if everyone agrees, but I think we can just assume uh, who's listening right now that we all have a voice in our head that uh, um, on some days is treating us really nice and on other days is really driving us crazy. And this voice is somewhere between an amazing, insightful, intuitive um, channel to oneness and somewhere between a maniac voice that's trying to tell us what we can do, what we can't achieve, or who we are not, right? And right. it's our individual responsibility reason. to come to that center. Right. And that voice has very good reasons evolutionarily to say the positive and negative aspects, because it's actually protecting us and has our best interests at heart. However, when we identify with that voice and think we are it, we're in trouble, because there's, there's actually a witness and, you know, I mean, the consciousness problem in science is still <laughs> science, like empirical driven science has no clue what consciousness is. I just want to remind people of that. We're in October, 2018. Yeah. We think we know everything. There is something called the consciousness problem and we have no clue scientifically what it is. 
And that should tell you a lot about that phenomenon. It's actually operating, as you say, on these grand overlays um, of humanity that we're being able to interface with now because of technologically mediated communication. And so I love what you said, the core of community, and I do believe it is communication in unity, communication and unification. I like that one too. Yeah. Um, it is about trust. Absolutely. And well, how do you build trust on a fundamental level? Well, well like you nailed it. Trust yourself first. Totally. I can go deeper into it and I'd love to actually. I think for one, we got to understand that this, like it's not right, it's not wrong, it's just different. It really applies to trust in a way too. Trust is an incredibly complex matter. It's not just about, do I trust this person to give me $20 back? Or do I trust my partner not to cheat on me? It's so much deeper than that. And it has so many layers. There's a couple of TED Talks out there. Brene Brown, I believe, talks about it. Uh, Rachel Botsman talks about it. Um, super switched on ladies who have such a strong message and really help us to kind of scope out what, what are all the pieces that are part of trust. But I think when it comes to building community and gaining more trust with each other is kind of like an internal system of like, I wouldn't say judging where it hits you, but evaluating or vetting or validating where it hits you. And for, for me and the collective that I, I work with here in, in um, Victoria, out of British Columbia, um, in, in, on Vancouver Island, we've, we've learned to name it MEPS, M-E-P-S, Mental, Emotional, Physical, and Spiritual Well-Being. I'll say that one more time, Mental, Emotional, Physical, and Spiritual Well-Being. Because when you're admitting, and Kevin, you just said it, like consciousness is such a huge word, um, certainly if you're looking at it through the more esoteric or experiential uh, kind of goggles or lenses, it's totally, you're totally able to kind of track it down a little bit, but science, so we have no idea to prove it. We have no, no way to do it so far. So, so we, I think we got to like kind of bring in this complex word and break it down a bit. And for me, that means mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual well-being. And I think when we look at the people we surround ourselves with, right, when we look at the, the internal circle, the microcosm, the, the eight people. Um, there's a, a wonderful book written called The Power of Eight. Um, let me just look in my audible because I, I forgot who wrote it. The Power of Eight by um, the author of The Intention Experiment, Lynn McTaggart. I'm, I'm just actually listening to it on audible. It's, it's crazy. The ability of changing your life's, like, circumstances through a prayer group of eight or through a consciousness group of eight or through a group of connected eight souls. Um, so that's like the inner circle, people you spend the most time with, people you actually like, no matter if you're religious or not, um, that's totally up to you. But people you're praying with, people you're, you're holding in your meditation and you're just like sending them absolute love. Um, and you're actually interfacing with every day in one way or other. But then also on like the, the larger circle, like if you go onto Facebook right now, I mean, you clearly found this live, but um, a little bit later, maybe you might be lost for 20, 30 minutes in some random messages, right? And right. a very easy question to understand if this is um, kind of helping you build more trust and helping you find the right community, helping you express the purpose that's kind of your puzzle piece in the earth vision, um, I think is this mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual health. Is what you're watching or listening to right now contributing to your mental, emotional, physical, or spiritual health? And if it's not, switch off. Yes. Do something else. Ground again. Go outside. Take a deep breath. Do the breath of fire. I know, Kevin, you're showing, showing everyone how to, do, how to do that. I think there are so many ways how to become present again 
and check in what am I what am I oriented to right now? Am I just zapped into somebody else's mission or am I actually connecting with me and my purpose? Because when you're connected to you and your purpose, like your true purpose, the kind of purpose that you haven't just made up, but the kind of purpose that you you kind of like listened, right? When like permaculture principles, you observed and life after a while told you, you know what, you're this guy. You're the guy who has to go on Facebook Lives and interview people because people will hear the message through you, right? Kind of goes yes. for both of us. Um, no, you're, you're on it, brother. You're on fire yeah. right now. You're articulating <laughs> concepts and ideas in a way that is making my chakra burst. I feel great. And you actually just nailed, I believe, you just bullseyed what this video title is. How do you build digital community and tribe? Well, you just nailed it by becoming a conscious, purposeful user of these platforms. If you're scrolling, if you're feeling ungrounded, if you're feeling weird when you're feeling with content or you're brain dead, if it's bringing your level of mental, emotional, physical, spiritual health down, like what are you doing right now? Like what are you doing? I hope this live is contributing to it. That's the intention behind it. And if it's not, I invite you to, to switch off. Like. Just like you wouldn't eat potato chips only and try to be an Olympic athlete, why would you consume just memes and like Vine videos and expect to have a powerful digital community? You know, this is like a number one question I get asked, Julian, by clients and just like people on content. They're like, how do I find my tribe? How do I build, how do I find my community? And a lot of these people are online because they may be in a town where they don't have community. Right. But, they, but they see these ideas, they watch a video I do, they watch a video broadcast you do, and they're like, whoa, these guys are awesome. Where are all these people? Or like women are always like, where are all the men like you? Where are the conscious men? It's like, and I bet if, you, if we could be a fly on the wall watching them use their computer or their iPhone, they're like, they're scrolling through memes and they're, and they're, they're some of the time just wasting attention, which is the most precious resource in the new economy. Yeah. And, this is, this is a great way I like to use social. Before I flip open the app, and I, I barely do scrolling by the way, and like I love everyone that comments and messages me, but like just know that I'm in creatorship and it's not personal if I'm not responding instantly. Like I don't have bandwidth for that because I put all my bandwidth into this. This is a fun fact about me. But I, I think like the best way to use social is open your phone before you click Instagram, before you click Facebook or YouTube. What's your intention? And you nailed it, ground and drop in. Like, okay, I'm gonna go on here and I'm gonna message four people that came into my thoughts this morning in meditation and tell them how much I appreciate them or how much I love them or invite them out to an event later. And that's what you do. You don't scroll. You don't mess around and just like click buttons, you know? The, the, the degree to which you can intentionally use these social platforms is the degree to which you will build your community and tribe. Straight up. Absolutely. I totally agree with, with what you're saying there. I think that's right on the degree to which you're able to connect with your intention and follow up with intentful action is the degree to which that, that the oneness of life will reflect back uh, intentful co-creators and people with, with a, a strong mission or message. However, though, let me totally acknowledge, like I, Facebook is, is a tool for work for me. I go on there to, to create content 100%. Every now and then I'm in Facebook and I scroll. It's about like 60 to 90 seconds in. I'm like, fuck, what am I doing there right now? And then I'm like, sometimes I'm like, I don't even remember. 
And then I close Facebook, no matter what I'm looking at right now, I'm closing it. And it takes me about 10 seconds and then I remember what I wanted. And then I go back on it and write that one message to that one person. So the reason why I'm acknowledging that or admitting that is because this is how powerful it is to get all this stimulation thrown at you, right? Even when you're clear, you have an intention and you're focused, at times it will just take over. And I think not to like ostracize these platforms, no matter if it's on your phone or on your, on your desktop or, or wherever, I think it's just a clear check-in with the level of awareness we have in any given moment in time. We all desired these, these platforms to be built. It's in our collective wishing for, maybe not in everyone, absolutely. And for everyone, it's in a different degree how you want to be using them. But I, re I literally remember in 2003, sitting in an internet cafe in Paraguay, which is a pretty poor country, just putting it out there, like life's, life's rough and life's at the same time just so beautiful because everybody just focuses on like being with each other. Um, but I remember sitting there in an internet cafe and wishing, wishing for the ability, what we call now FaceTime, um, to call my parents and be like, hey, mom, hi, dad, I love you. I'm doing good because it didn't exist. And when it started existing years later, I was like, wow, man, I totally, like, totally wanted that. That's right. So, right. so, you know, like, I think it just shows us where we're at with the awareness and the clarity of, of, of any given moment of what we're ready for. It's kind of the same if you're going into a store. Let's just pretend the online world didn't exist and we would still be in this, like, um, 1990s reality where you're going into a store, you could easily be fooled or pulled over by anyone who has a very mentalist approach to how they enroll you, right? So if you're aware and you're in your own body and you're in communication, right, Com community, with your human community, you can easily say, hey, um, no, thank you. That's always a, the, the, the last resort will always be no, thank you, right? Um, and so many other things. I mean, the degree of between, yes, thank you, I want what you're selling to no, thank you, there's a degree of possibilities in between. Yes. And that's totally up to you. But you'll never know what it is unless you tune into yourself first. So I think for anyone watching, bringing it back to purpose and community and online community is trust that it's already out there. And yes. if it's truly not out there, like, please build it. But then if it's already out there, or if you are the one who's meant to be building it, how do you know? You only know if you actually tune into yourself first. And when I mean tune into yourself, I'm not speaking about like Julian's egoistical wishes. I'm not speaking about that kind of self. I'm speaking about the self that you could call consciousness, you could call God, you could call the universe. Uh, I do like the word universe because it kind of comes back to uh, etymology, right? Universe, unity, one, right? And verse being a song. So we're all yes. part of this like one big collective song. So unless you're finding out what your voice is in that song, you'll be absolute like victim to everyone else's song, to everyone else's intention, to everyone else's desire. And um, I think there is, again, there's a large spectrum, of course. I'm, I'm, I'm not a fan of big generalizations, but I think it's of utmost importance at this time, 2018, you just said it, that in 2018, we are individually tapping into who we are, why are we on this planet, Right? Who, who are we? We're, we're not just this body and this brain and this mind. Why are we on this planet? We're not just here to go shopping. <laughs> Maybe this is something you do sometimes, right? Like I had to buy these clothes at some point, but like that's, that's not really why I'm here. That's, that's not what I'm expressing. Right. And, and then when you know a little bit more of who you are and a little bit more of who, why you're here and what you're here for, 
I guarantee you other people will love to listen to you. They will love to connect to you and say like, oh, wow, that's, that's your verse in the song. That's the universe. Please give us more of that. Yes. Woo. Well spoken. Well spoken. I love the song you speak into this universe. And thank you. This is, this is the best way to contribute to the world and have self-actualization, which I would say are the two core needs we all want. We want to we actualize our purpose, our divine blueprint, whatever you want to refer to it as. And we want to be of service and contribute to the world, yeah. no matter who you are. And even the, the rocks, the pebbles, the bees and the flowers are following that law. All of nature and the ecosystem is for the whole, for the all. And man, maybe the best way to do it is to learn your verse and get really dedicated to learning your verse. And then once you have it, share it. And you can do that by using Facebook, by using Instagram, by using the internet to, you nailed it, like either find the community and say, yes, please. If it's a, if it's a, a yes, say no, thank you to the, the marketing reptilian brain kind of stuff. Cause yeah, we're, we're moving past that. Like it worked at one point or if you have a community and you're like, I can't find community, where is the community? And like, maybe it's true. You haven't found it. Please build it. Please build it. And then once you've built it, tell me about it. Exactly. And maybe, and maybe I'll join you there. Because when you're authentic with yourself and that part of the, the voice you are, right? Um, others are listening. It's, it's, it's all resonance. I mean, that's why I like that, that universe song metaphor so much because everything is vibration. Everything is energy. What's more obvious vibration than a song, than the sound of yeah. your voice, than the way you, you sound? When, when I listen to you speak, I can hear if you're lying. I can hear if you're telling something that's important to you. I can hear if you're trying to add some like kind of glamorous moments to it because the resonance of your voice resonates in my being, right? I mean, I can only hear that when I'm tuned in deeply enough to understand who I am in this moment and I'm not rocked by your words, but... Um, our voices and the way we show up for first ourselves um, and then others. And the reason why it's first ourselves and then others, I think, is pretty obvious at this point, too. If you're, if you're not clear who you are, you will not be of service for others. And being of service, I think, is um, the, the biggest part of community, really, is who are you for others? Who, what, what are we... When I said earlier, we're not here to, to be shopping on this planet, like... Because shopping is a transaction. It's just about like giving something and getting something, right? But being of service is, is beyond transaction. There's a transaction in it. But there are ripples of impact that go yeah. so far and so wide. And this is one of the reasons why, why I, I trust my own kind of mission or song, let's say, like being on a live like, like this one today or other lives that, that I posted in the past before is even if just one person hears what we're talking about today, if you're that person, and that touches your heart in a way that, that you know your one next step, then it was already worth it. Yes. Yes. That's why, that's why I do this. That, that's why I've come to realize, not only I, I enjoy it, I would, I would do this if no one was watching. Yeah. And if even one person watching this live stream implements anything we're saying or is inspired by anything that's been said here, I've won, you've won, Julian, we've won in this community that we're on online in this digital community. And I'm so grateful for that. There's something else that's just dropping in right now. Um, so we talk about service and being of service is 
like of utmost importance to yourself and to others. But then there's another piece. You know when you know that you've found your community is when you as a human being, your opinions, your judgment, your um, presence, your practice, your joy, when all of that is expanding. Because when you're not expanding, you're not learning. Right. And you could pretend like, yeah, but I'm a teacher. I don't need to learn. That's complete <laughs> illusion. There is no teaching without learning and no learning without teaching. Right. This is like a cycle. You could even sum it up like the human purpose on earth is to be of service and to learn and teach. For me, these are like the core pieces of why we're here. So when you're finding a community and everyone is just reiterating each other's opinions, you're not in a space of expansion, right? Contrast and friction to a certain degree is absolutely needed. And not devastating contrast where like your whole reality falls apart, but a contrast where you're like, oh, interesting, didn't quite like that. Maybe I have to upgrade my opinion. Maybe, maybe I didn't like it and I have to just say, hey, no, thank you. But that actually helps me to grow into more of me. And therefore, again, that's a cycle. I'm able to be more of service to other. Yes, beautifully said, Julian. Wow, I think, I think there's a lot here. There's a lot here. If you've been tuned in, I appreciate you. Like, share, comment, tag it up. If you're feeling it, if you're vibing with us, thank yeah. you so much, mahalo, for all your words, nuggets of wisdom, powerful people. Love you guys so much. I'll see you next time. If you dug it, share it and go out and find your tribe because that's how you're going to be of best service. I hope you too enjoyed this episode. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast on either iTunes or Spotify, Green Planet, Blue Planet Podcast, and join me and others in the conversation on Facebook, Green Planet, Blue Planet Podcast. Wherever you are, have yourself a summer day.